Sermons from FBC Athens. Welcome to the weekly podcast of the sermons from Sunday Worship at First Baptist Church of Athens, Georgia. The title for the sermon from Sunday, November the 5th, is The Blessing of Mourning, and is given by Matt Marston, Senior Minister at First Baptist. The scripture text is Matthew 5, verses 1 through 11. Today's Gospel reading is Matthew 5, 1-11, known as the Beatitudes. Listen closely to what God is saying to us today. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. That's the opposite of what we think, isn't it? No, 
blessed are the confident and the powerful who acquire many Instagram followers. Blessed are those who don't have to mourn because they have found on the same Instagram a tonic that wards off all diseases with honey and ginger. We've missed it for so many years. It was right there. We don't want to mourn. We don't want to be meek or gentle. The two main characters in the new show, Fall of the House of Usher on Netflix, are nightmares of human beings. They are bent on dominating and acquiring as much as they can. And the sister of the brother-sister duo says as her motivation, her mother quoting the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, she would say, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And she said, my mother never inherited anything. The idea, we're going to take it and hold it and keep it ourselves now. Now, we may not go to that extreme, but to be meek and gentle and humble and to mourn, these are things we want to avoid, even if Jesus did say them. I heard a pastor one time say that he uh, did a sermon series on the uh, Sermon on the Mount, and someone came to him after the first sermon and said, where did you get these wimpy, weak talking points. He said, uh, Jesus. (laughs) And the man said, you know, that's just not working for us anymore. Especially when it comes to blessed are those who mourn, who recognize and feel the pain of someone or something they lost. We don't call those folks blessed in our culture. We call those who keep a positive attitude, who don't have to feel their negative emotions. Isn't that what we learn to do so often? If you have a negative emotion, be afraid of it or numb it. See, the opposite of mourning is not to be happy and well-adjusted. The opposite of mourning is to be numb. And how many numbing agents are out there in our society, in our world, in our homes, in our hearts, so that we can be anesthetized to the pain of loss. Loss is always a failure. It's always a tragedy. And the best we can hope for is to be Pink Floyd, comfortably numb. That's actually Pink Floyd, Daniel. And, you know, the best you can hope for, Kenny Rogers, to die in your sleep. That's the best we can hope for. Feel as little pain as possible for as long as possible, and hopefully it ends quickly. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, who feel, who acknowledge. How could that possibly be so? How could mourning actually be a blessing? The first way I suggest is it puts us in touch with the truth. If we mourn, 
and not if we mourn, when we mourn. For some of you, it's today, right now, All Saints Sunday. For some of you, it may have been five years ago. For all of us, there's something in the, in the future that we will mourn, a loss that will shatter us. The very least, mourning puts us in touch with the truth. We have pain because we have loved and lost. A NICU nurse once said to a bereaved mother, just lost her infant child, go ahead and cry. Tears are liquid love. We cry because we have loved and lost. And the opposite of it is not to be well-adjusted. It's to just kind of be out of touch, kind of sleepwalk through life. Mourning puts us in touch with the truth. The second thing mourning does, and all the Beatitudes do, but we're focusing on mourning today. Mourning at the bottom of it puts us in touch with God. We want to be autonomous, self-sufficient, completely protected. That's why you're going to do something athletic. You put on under armor, not underwear. That won't protect you. You need under armor. You want bulletproof abs. We want to have longevity and so won't have a piece of pizza because we want to be insulated, protected, autonomous, completely cut off from everyone and everything so we can be safe and we don't have to be afraid. I get it. I do it too. Not the bulletproof abs part. I want no part of that. Mourning makes us tender. When we are tender, we are open to God. Because lives are not meant for our safety, protection, and our autonomy, our independence. We were made to be interdependent on God and each other. And mourning can turn into a blessing when it makes us tender, when it connects us to the great mystery of God's compassion, when it gives us a bigger heart. Gerald Sitzer, who teaches uh, theology, I think he's retired now, but in the early 90s, he lost his daughter, his wife, and his mother in the same car wreck. And he's written a book on grief. And he says in that book, I'm not happy about the loss, but I have found at the bottom of it, God has given me a bigger heart and a greater love and a new compassion. Mourning connects us to the mystery of God in a different way than we could ever imagine when we are strong and happy and have the world in the palm of our hand. That's good as far as it goes, but it doesn't last. And it's not the truth. The real truth of our lives is we are meant 
to be connected to the mystery of God, the mystery of love that surrounds all things and fills us up and gives us a promise, a promise that death will be no more, that our tears will be wiped away, that there will be no night, but there will be sunlight and cool or warm breezes, depending on your preferences. Mine will be cool. Now, the Beatitudes, though, are not try this alone at home. Blessed are those who mourn is not an individual project. Jesus was talking to the family of faith gathered on the hillside and talking to us gathered in this church. Mourning in the hands of God is not a solo effort It's something we do and need in community. Mourning is turned into blessing over time with God's help and the help of those with whom we journey. In other words, we need a church for the comfort of God to really come to us. We all need a place where we can go, where we can be honest where we can laugh and cry, where we can be ourselves. See, a lot of places you can't bring your mourning to. Maybe you went to the game yesterday. Terrific, and it was fun. That's not really a place to bring your sorrowing heart, though, is it? People will say, you know, uh, cheer up, or else. You can't bring your full self, sometimes with your loved ones, with your closest family, because it hurts them too much to see you in pain. You can't just bring it to your spouse or your parents or your children, to your sister or brother. We need a community that is capable of helping us realize our full selves, to be truly honest, to be real, and to point us in the direction of love and trust. I was thinking this week, of course, about all the names that are printed on our list of departed saints. And I thought of a conversation I had with our beloved Bill Hopper. We were talking about, believe it or not, we were talking about money. And and Bill said, you know, the thing we've got to do in church is to help remind people that giving is not just an obligation, it's an opportunity to give back. And I said, well, Bill, you know, people have things that they want to do. Donna, Donna always wanted a house in the south of France. <laughs> but Bill said, no, we, I give to church. I give to church because things happen in church that don't happen anywhere else. In church, we hear the promises of God week in and week out. In church, we get to shed tears. We get to share laughter. We get to care about a family bigger than ours, than just me and mine. We get strength from the Spirit for the living of these days with courage. We get the blessing of even finding God in the midst of our mourning. I was talking to a friend this week who recently has moved to a new church, and he was talking to the associate pastor of this church about Halloween, 
And she said, I have a ghost story. And he said, well, what is it? And she said, don't think I'm crazy. This is not, this is a really buttoned up church. It's not Pentecostal. It is uh, very staid and prim and proper. So she said, I, I hope you'll believe me, but this is what happened. She said, two or three times, I have looked up during worship from our seats on the chancel, and I have seen in the balcony those who have died. And he said, did you tell anyone? She said, no, I didn't tell anyone. He said, well, what did you think? How could that be? You're a rational person. And she said, well, I just felt joy because I thought this is the church they loved. This is the place where we taste the things of eternity the things that matter, the things that last. And she said, wouldn't this be a great place to be? Now, I don't see any, but I do trust that because those who have died live to God, we are close to them when we are close to God. And that in this place where we sing and worship together, and when we gather around the table of thanksgiving and communion, we are in touch with them and with God, the one from whom all blessings flow, the one who gives us the promise of joy that lasts forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons from FBC Athens. Join us for worship in person or our live stream Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. God's grace and peace be with you today, tomorrow, and always.